0: This podcast contains frank discussions about sex, kink and BDSM. If you're a consenting adult who wants to learn more about these topics, then stay tuned.
1: You're listening to Chief from kinkyevents.co.uk, helping you create the dom sub dynamic you've always fantasized about.
0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Conversations with Dom with me Chief and Wano. Hello. Today, we're going to be doing a sexual temperament quiz from the book, Come As You Are. Now, I've read this book before. Mona, you haven't read it, have you? But no, I've not. We went to a talk recently called Let's Talk About Sex, run by the Foxton, and that was based in London. And they had an academic there who mm. studies sex and... Uh,
1: a sexologist, a right? Se- Clinical...
0: Clinical Sexo- Sexologist. Something was that like their that. official title? I hope we've got that right. But um, yeah, they, they were particularly interested in this. And so the talk was about how do we better communicate about sex? Well, ourselves, first of all, um, because sex education tends to be absolutely terrible, certainly in, in England. And um, also, more importantly, how do we talk about it with our partners? And so a few of the resources were mentioned and come as you are, especially if you're a vagina owner Mm -hmm. uh, is is a is a really good book
1: i've not read it yet i've heard about it and lots of people reference it in bdsm forums and things like that as a good resource just for overall general sexual knowledge um and yeah it is quite the shame that we don't have these sorts of resources readily available in our sexual education systems Mm.
0: I think uh, the summary for me, and again, I'll caveat this by saying I read it about five or six years ago, but the summary for me is that uh, a lot of people think that they are somehow broken if they Mm. can't orgasm or there's something wrong with them. And so this book is about giving you some insight into why you may not be able to orgasm with a partner but you can orgasm on your own
1: like the psychology behind it
0: the psychology behind it exactly and some exercises which will help you figure out why that might be but also just help you relax because you're like oh okay yes Mm. this describes me and then you realize oh actually there's nothing wrong with me and even if you can't orgasm with a partner that's absolutely fine yeah orgasm is not the be-all and end-all of sex it's it's
1: it's it's important to accept your sort of sexual nature Yeah,
0: hundred percent. Yes. Yes. So one of these quizzes in the book, it's a very short quiz. It's called the what was
1: it called? Sexual temperament questionnaire. Sexual
0: temperament questionnaire. And so one of the core philosophies of the book or the principles is something called the dual control model. And the dual control model, I'm going to very badly paraphrase this, but in essence, it's saying that we have accelerators so these are things that turn us on they make us feel aroused and we also have brakes brakes are things that stop us from becoming aroused they're not necessarily turn-offs but they're things that either uh, generally mentally stop us from experiencing the turn the turn the accelerators fully So in order to become sexually aroused and potentially orgasm, you have to maximise the accelerators, but also minimise the brakes. And I think sometimes people make the mistake of pushing hard on the accelerators, Mm. but completely forgetting to take off the brakes, and that causes problems. So a classic example would be, uh, you're having sex, so obviously someone's touching you, so that's an accelerator for you, potentially. And at the same time, you've realized you're worried you've left the stove on, mm. or you've you've left the front your feet around. are cold. Your feet are cold. Uh, there's a bad smell, mm-hmm. or you're you, you're feeling insecure about the way you look. There's a pimple
1: on your forehead.
0: Exactly. So all of these things, they're not turn offs, but they're they're things that are stopping you psychologically from fully experiencing that accelerator. And to have the maximum sexual pleasure, you, you can you have to taken in into consideration both mm-hmm. and that's why I think um, it's very easy easier for people to orgasm on their own when they're masturbating playing with themselves because generally there are less breaks you're not worried about how the other person's thinking or what they're doing you can control the environment a lot better uh, you're relaxed you know the space etc etc and so generally you can come really quick well i speaking for I, some you can people enjoy yourself yeah you can enjoy you can fully get into it mm-hmm. yeah So we're going to do this quiz and this quiz, uh, you can follow along at home. We're going to read out the questions. There's only five questions in each section and it'll give you a score as to whether your brakes are, uh, how sensitive they are. So are they low, medium or high? And also how sensitive your accelerators are. And as we go through, we're going to talk about the questions and um, uh, see what we get. Sounds great. All right. So let's kick off. We've already done this quiz. Um, We've we've got our answers in front of us, but I'm going to read out the questions and then we'll talk about why we gave each each one. So the first one is called, uh, I'm going to refer to it as SIS. So these are sexual inhibitors, same as breaks. I'm just using different language for all of them. Each question, we give ourselves a score from zero to four. Zero is not at all like me. One is not much like me. Two is somewhat like me. Three is a lot like me and four is exactly like me. So think about it in terms of that. So the first question is, unless things are just right, it is difficult for me to become sexually aroused. Now, I gave myself a score of not much like me. Uh, Things don't have to be perfect for me to become aroused.
1: Mm -hmm. I gave myself a two somewhat like me. I don't think they have, things have to be just right. however, I know that if there are some things in my environment or in my thoughts that are like trickling in that it's going to be much more of a challenge for me to become sexually aroused.
0: Mm. Yes, for sure um, And do make a note of your score if you're if you're writing this down at home because you'll add up the points at the end to give yourself a kind of put yourself in a category. Um, Number two, when I am sexually aroused, the slightest thing can turn me off. I put a one as well for this, so not much like me.
1: I also put a one, uh, especially because the slightest thing, I think, uh, perhaps it's the nuance of the language. Quizzes always take a lot of time for me to fill out because of that. But I don't think I will become turned off if I am already aroused just Mm. because of something going on outside of what I'm doing currently it doesn't have to be the slightest thing like it doesn't have to be that thought of oh did I you know take my washing out of the dryer that's not going to not that I have a dryer man I wish no but that's not going to take me out of arousal um because I'm already feeling aroused but I mean there might be something
0: it just, yeah, I guess it depends what it means by the slightest thing. So I'll, I'll tell you a funny story. I'm not sure if I have told you this. Uh, I this was maybe ten years ago, and someone, uh, a woman who I'd been on a few dates with, she came back to mine, and um, we were we got naked, we're on the bed, and then uh, she took off her she took off her socks, and she had the worst smelling feet. Oh no! Smell. Like literally, even though her feet were. With down oh, at the other end of the dear. bed, I can smell it. And I, I just, that was an instant turn off. I was just yeah. like, I can't continue.
1: Actually, I think that would probably turn me off as yeah. well. Because, yeah, scents are so... I, I feel quite aware of sense when I am aroused. And sometimes I feel like I can... You know, I'm more aware of myself and how I'm smelling. Mm, like, maybe I need mm. to have taken a shower, like, right before something. You get sweaty, sweaty as you're going, and I feel self-conscious about that. But, yeah, the smelly feet, that's... Yeah, it,
0: it, but it wasn't as... I guess the question is the slightest thing was that yeah. it wasn't really a slight thing. It was it quite, sounds more potent. It was, potent. Big, it was, it was de- oh, my God, it was like being in a cheese mattress. Oh, anyway.
1: dear, stop. That's <laughs> it gross. It was horrible.
0: It was horrible. So, yes, people wash your feet before you... Before you go on a uh,
1: please on do. a date,
0: <laughs> and breath, Breath's another mm, one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you do please freshen your breath before you go on a date. It's very easy. That that it, that turns me off actually. Yeah. Instantly.
1: It's hard. Like in the morning, you know. Sometimes I still in feel f- self conscious. Like
0: if you if you meet someone, yeah. and you're, you're literally it's it's a first date. Mm-hmm. They come from. If, especially if you organise dates in the evening. Like, just, I don't know, take a toothbrush with you yeah. or take some chewing gum or something. Just always just be over, overly cautious about that one. I think for a lot of people that is a big turn off.
1: I think so as well. Yeah.
0: Okay. Question uh, number three. I have, and this is have is ital- uh, italicized, I have to trust a partner to become fully aroused. What did I put? I put a I put a zero not at all like me. So remember the scale, not at all like me. One is not much like me for those people who are following along. Two is somewhat like me. Three is a lot like me. Four is exactly like me. So I put not at all like me. Um
1: What's your reasoning behind that? Are you thinking like uh, sex parties or Yeah, I mean
0: I don't know why I'm not I'm not giving them a wallet. <laughs> I mean, right. I'm not
1: No, you're just um, giving an intimate part of your body. Yeah, I
0: guess I guess oh, it's difficult. So I think because because I'm a guy and I'm quite big, I there's nothing safety-wise that I'm mm. fearing. So I'm not okay. I don't have to trust someone because it's not like I'm worried that they're going to um sexually assault me or anything. I mean STIs. Me. So yes, S- STIs are a big one, which is why you should always be Use protection, obviously,
1: but otherwise,
0: otherwise it's fine. Otherwise, because, yeah, I mean, if if I thought they were super dodgy, but even then, if I if I fancy them, <laughs> as long as they're not going to physically harm me or like steal or <laughs> steal all my money or something, or <laughs> when get, you're or, not looking, when you're like okay, yeah. passed out after coming, yeah. So I think I read this as I have to fully trust someone, right? Yeah. So as long as I kind of trust them and I get, I think, do I have a connection with them and I get on with them? That's yeah.
1: Okay, I put it to mm. that it's someone like me. I think perhaps that, um, I don't know, from my own experience, which is not m- much. But even if we're in a play party sort of situation, I don't want to play with just anyone because I don't know them. Mm. And I think knowing someone, even just like as an as an acquaintance or like getting to know someone over the course of an evening, that does help to build a small foundation of trust that I can then use to potentially play with them. But I do consider myself um, to be more demisexual. I have to know the person to be sexually attracted to the person in the first place. So I think for me, trust becomes more of a factor because that's part of getting to know someone and building some sort of rapport with, with them. I need to have some sort of relationship with them. I can't just like... Go full on anonymous sex, you know, at a party. Like, I still would vouch them in some way, even if that is potentially just through you, because I trust my relationship with you. So then, if you are bringing someone in to our play space, then that's that's different because I've done the best. Yeah, you've done the best Yeah, So then it's it's fine, you know.
0: I think that's the difference in our maybe sexualities in the. So you you like to really get to know someone or at least uh, you want a connection with them. And mm-hmm. obviously you wouldn't, you probably wouldn't want to make that with someone you don't trust. So the trust is yeah. implied by that. Whereas for me, you know, I, I have fantasies about it being totally anonymous. Yeah. Like, you know, not necessarily...
1: Which is fine. Glory
0: hole, but just just like an anonymous... I mean, one of them is like, it's just in a swimming pool. You're like on holiday. you just in a swimming pool. You spot someone across the way. Ooh. You've never spoken to them. And you just like you're like making eye contact across the swimming pool, and then you just swim up to them, meet in the middle, Mm
1: -hmm. um, have sex with them. I mean, I do have fantasies about glory hole sort of situations, you know, like the. The pussy glory Halls or whatever, where it's just pussy like glory yeah. Have you seen
0: well, where you are that your pussy is the glory hole?
1: Yeah, have you seen that <laughs> like on half You know, it's it's not like a hole where a cock goes through, but yeah. it's like so pussy. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, pussy is yeah. exposed. I do quite like that as a fantasy. Mm-hmm. I do think about that sometimes, but I assume that all those anonymous people that I cannot see have already been vetted through my dominant. So actually, so I can still like. I don't clarify it within my own fantasy, but I do know that like, if I wanted to be in that situation in reality, which it is kind of a thought of mine, Mm. but it would be something that's already pre-vetted. So then it doesn't matter if I can't see the person who's touching me and who's turning me on, because I already know that it's going to be someone who has been clear. Yes.
0: I've I've potentially vetted them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Anyway.
0: Okay. Next question. Uh, We're on number four here. Uh, We're still on the SIS, so the inhibitors. These are the breaks. Uh, Number four, I am worried about taking too long to become aroused or to orgasm. This can interfere with my arousal. I put not much like me. I'll caveat this by saying at sex parties, it's different. (laughs) At sex parties, when I'm Mm. one-on-one with someone, absolutely fine. Uh, I mean, like all guys, there's been maybe a couple of occasions where I haven't been able to get hard, probably, because something was going on, I'm not sure what, some sort of break. But at parties, I do struggle to get hard. And it's odd because I am I feel totally relaxed when mm-hmm. I'm there because I've been to enough of them. But there's obviously some psychological pressure yeah. to... Perf- it's not even perform because you can just be sitting there and you can't get hard. So I think it's just... Just
1: like a general sort of vague anxiety that you can't place, perhaps, or... I think it's...
0: I get turned on by people watching me, but it's almost like, oh, shit, okay, they're watching me, so I need to get ready, Mm. but I can't.
1: It's more of a speed factor for you, perhaps. Like, because performance anxiety, I think, would kind of fall under that, actually.
0: Yeah, I guess so. It may just be that I'm... I'm so my head is I'm just enjoying looking right. around and I'm yeah. enjoying all, all so I'm quite externalized yeah I'm not really necessarily in my body
1: It's more cerebral
0: yeah, I'm more just taking it all in and and that is and I'm kind of all, always wondering what's going mm-hmm. on around us and what's interesting is that I thought I'd solve it by taking some uh I won't mm-hmm. mention the brand or shall I, I don't a know, little blue tail. Yeah, not that one, but the the follow up one, which doesn't keep you hard all the time. It's just it's only meant to be keep you hard when you're aroused. Okay. And it lasts forty eight hours. Anyway, it's meant to make you hard. Had no effect. Absolutely no mm. effect because because again, this isn't a physical problem. Right. This isn't the fact that uh, my cock doesn't work. Yeah. Um, it's that uh, that I just there's something psychologically going on. And what's interesting is then literally the moment I get home super hard and too hard because yeah. they're taking this pill oh, no. just like it's too hard that it actually hurts. So um yes.
1: I think that's important though with this questionnaire, I mean these brakes and accelerators, they are very much mental. And I think that's what you learn as you go through the questions is that it's not because there's something wrong with you physiologically. It's actually learning to accept that in our brains, we have moments that we can turn ourselves off because of whatever's going on in our thoughts. And that affects our body.
0: And they can be, yeah, they can be both. I think a lot of them are mental. Mm. Some of them can be physical, like my feet are cold or that person smells. Yeah. Yeah. um, But yes, a lot of them are, tend to be us thinking about what the other person thinks of us. Overthinking. or, Or experience shame, or it could be even more Deeper than that, it can be something totally innocuous. Like I'm just tired today. Mm-hmm. I'm just tired. I'm not into this. I want to go to sleep. That yeah. could be one. Yeah. Or it could be something much, much deeper. Deeper. Maybe you suffered trauma. Yes. Because, or you, you know, suffered abuse mm-hmm. when you were younger. Or you've been br- brought up. I think a lot of us have been brought up to again believe that sex is bad and yeah. wrong, and you shouldn't be liking it. And therefore, all that religious guilt or just societal guilt about. You shouldn't. The message you shouldn't enjoy sex is so ingrained in us, and so that is a big break for a lot of people. Oh yeah, and it's not something you would consciously think about. You're just Mm -hmm. like, oh, I can't get hard. Why is that? You don't go, oh, because it's of my religious upbringing. You you don't necessarily go. Most of the time, most of the time, you know,
1: if if you're someone, if you haven't thought about this, yeah, yeah. So if if
0: if you do, so some some breaks you can get rid of, like you can just check the stove is off before right. you have sex, or you can make sure the kids are in you bed. You can brush you your can, teeth. You can brush your teeth. But s- some of the things you may have to talk to someone about, mm-hmm. doing talking therapy to overcome. And personal work. Personal work. And you, I think you'll have to. you be able to figure out, hopefully for yourself, which what your breaks are and where they are. I do obviously recommend getting this book. It will probably help you identify
1: Yeah, your I out. need to read it. that's what I'm learning. Yeah. Did so, you say your school? No, your I didn't. Memory? Um, So I said two and a half for this and I do think it's a half. It's somewhere between somewhat like me and a lot like me. I do find myself in the moment sometimes as I'm having sex or um, I'm playing with someone that I am worried that I'm not going to come or something. And, And like, as I'm worrying about it, that is taking me out of the moment. And so then I'm trying to double my focus into my body and be like, oh, just relax, relax into it. Just focus on the feeling. But even that mantra to myself of like, relax, you know, that, that's taking me out of the moment. And I does feel like, for example, if you're going down on me, oftentimes I'm enjoying it, but I know that it takes it takes me a long time to come that way. And I can, but then I'm worried that you're going to get tired or something or stop. And so I'm trying to get myself to come as quickly as possible, but Mm. there's nothing I can do because I'm not the one who's guiding you. So it all adds up to being a bit too much. And then if it crests over that too much, then it's probably not going to make me come. And then I have to just be like, all right, come up. You know, like I've enjoyed this but it's past the point. Yeah. So yeah. Your,
0: your break is worrying that I'm getting tired or yeah. I'm not necessarily enjoying it.
1: Yes, I think when I'm worried that you are not enjoying yourself in whatever you're doing, that actually really gets to me. Mm-hmm. It really does. Yeah,
0: I've seen this though a lot of times where you get into a vicious cycle, not, not you, but yeah. couples, because what can happen is one person suggests doing something because they think the other person likes it. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I, I do like blowjobs, but they don't They don't make me come necessarily. So I'm, right. not, I, I'm not always a fan of them all. You enjoy
1: the feeling. I mm-hmm. enjoy the
0: feeling. So if someone says, hey, can I go down on you? Um, Maybe in that moment, I don't really want it. Mm-hmm. I'll be like, yeah, it feels okay. So I say yes, because I think they're, ask, they're asking because they think I like it. I'm saying yes, not because I necessarily want it that moment, but because you I think, I, I that think they, they, want they really want it. Right. So we're both doing something to please each other. Right. They then go down on you, and then you're both. There. That's. A... I'm like lying back, going, you know, I'm 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 letting her do this because I know she wants to do it, and in her head, she's doing, she's saying, I'm doing this because oh, he's no. enjoying it, and
1: then no one's actually getting pleased no in that one's situation, pleasure,
0: and so you end up just after uh, <laughs> however long, 10, 15 minutes, yeah. you like tap them on the head, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, hey, come uh, up, come up, this isn't quite working. That situation goes back to the wheel of consent where mm-hmm. you have uh do do look it up there's a great video betty martin has a 45 minute video where she goes through her wheel of consent because there's two there's two parts to receiving pleasure you can give you can receive you can allow and there's a difference between allowing and right. receiving right so in that situation i was allowing someone to give me a blowjob um that's different to
1: like receiving
0: it it and accepting it where you've asked the person this is what i really Mm. want we've gone off topic there but i think that's it it is an important point and i see it a lot you get into the situation where neither person is really enjoying whatever Mm -hmm. you're doing and then you both don't come you both think it's crap sex and you're like oh that was that was rubbish what went wrong there we both really fancy each other but something didn't quite work out and it can't be that so final question in this section in this section yes we're still on the breaks here Oh, I was going to ask you one more point about this. I think as well, dom-sub relationships amplify this because. What the. This final which, question. Um, uh, I'm worried about taking too long to orgasm. It's kind of a related point: is that when you're a sub, because part of your motivation is to please the dom, yes, you might be in your head a bit more worrying whether I'm liking it or not, mm-hmm. and so that, of course, is then creating a break for you yeah. because you're you're focused on the other person and giving that person pleasure, whether they are liking it, which, of course, is going to stop you orgasming. So mm-hmm. if I'm spanking you or I'm doing something to you, you've told me before in your head, you're like, oh, but I shouldn't, I don't I deserve this pleasure. It's
1: not that I don't deserve it. It's that I, I want to make sh- I want to know that you're enjoying yes. it as well because I actually, I derive a lot of my pleasure from your pleasure that's actually like, that's a strong motivator for me in any sexual activity yes. is actually that you as my dominant, that you are enjoying it.
0: But the trouble comes when I, because I'm also the same, I, know. I derive my pleasure <laughs> from you liking it. And therefore, yeah, we, we're both, but when one of us is doing it to the other, we're both thinking, oh, I should be, should be. It's great
1: though, because that means that basically you can do what you want in that moment. And know that I'm going to derive pleasure from that. Yes, yes. You know, anyways. Yeah. But if
0: my ple- if a lot of my pleasure is from seeing you orgasm, yes. that doesn't work. That I know. Yeah. So then I'm worried, oh, but I haven't made her come today. Yeah. Um.
1: Well I think we've gotten better at that. I'm not I'm not someone who comes quite easily in mm. the first place with myself is perhaps slightly different, but it still does take me time. It's not like I can start touching myself and I instantly come. Like I know some women are actually really receptive to their own touch and it does take me time. I have to get into a flow and a rhythm or whatever. I've just accepted that. And I, but I think that's part of like, not for me, orgasm isn't the end all be all to sex.
0: Of course. Yes. It's not, as you said at the beginning, it's not, we're we're focusing a lot on orgasms here, but it isn't necessarily... The be all and end all. This quiz is more about if you are struggling to become aroused or mm-hmm. potentially have an orgasm, this or these are some things to think about. Yeah. Um, but you're absolutely right. Everyone's everyone is well, I can't speak for men because I've not been with any men, but certainly the women I've been with, they all have such different ways of making them come, or mm-hmm. different things that make them come. Some are oral, some hate oral, some like penetration of sex and can come really easy, some from fingers, some from uh, I can I've, get
1: their their nipples twiddled oh, yeah. or whatever I've, I've, and, and like i have no nipple sensitivity the best at one all I've had
0: is from foot massage so yeah. orgasm from me giving them wow foot massage. because we we'd been going out for about a year maybe and um i think she was just she was almost conditioned because yeah. I, I yeah I, we've spoken about this before but i mm. would try and anchor Orgasms to something, and for her, it was very much mental, anyway. Yeah, so she was just able to orgasm really early. And another one from hair pulling, mm-hmm. just um, we did oh, just on the street, we were just on the street, and I could grab her hair That's and she would, crazy. she would, orgasm. and I'm not talking, I've told this to people before, and they're like, ah, oh, she was faking it, but no. honestly, it was. Well, I think, I think there are different
1: settled. types of orgasms as well. Yeah. And yeah. I think I mean sometimes I feel like I have like a body orgasm that is more gentle, like it's it's not like that pulsing, you know, not that. You I don't know, know. I don't know. <laughs> I <wish> I knew. <laughs> it's not like the pulsing rhythmic contractive orgasm that you get from like vaginal orgasms. It's it's more just this like body tense and relax thing. Mm-hmm. And it's much more subtle. So sometimes I feel like I have those more than the vaginal ones. Yeah. But, no, anchoring orgasms is actually, I mean, that's a, that's a different topic. But yeah, we do a topic. we Yeah. Because yeah. you do that sometimes with me and mm. I quite enjoy it. Mm. Mm. Anyway, All right, moving, moving on.
0: on. Number five. We're still on the first section. Number five. Um, sometimes I feel so shy or self-conscious during sex that I cannot become fully aroused. I put a one not much like me. I'm... I don't think I'm shy around sex or or that self-conscious. I think the only it maybe if like if if I'd put on weight and I uh I hadn't been to the gym in a while um like at the beginning at the end of covid I I gained about 10 kilos. So I wasn't feeling my best. I wasn't feeling as confident as I normally do. Uh, my stamina I, I couldn't I couldn't thrust for as long mm-hmm. as I would normally. And so yeah, in in times like that I would feel more self-conscious. It wouldn't stop me becoming aroused, but it would it would be at the back of my mind. Um, but normally, no. So that's why I put a one for me.
1: And I put a three, a lot like me. I think there are times in my life that that would have been a four. Um, I've, I'm quite aware of myself and I have issues with, you know, self-esteem that I work through. But I know that if I'm feeling self-conscious, that it's going to be really, really difficult for me to, you know, get in, get in the mood. Although all these questions are a bit tricky to answer because it's not, I think it's, it's difficult for me to know when I'm sexually aroused because especially as I derive pleasure from other people's pleasure, like I don't have to be aroused to engage in something sexual and to enjoy it. I will probably become aroused as we are doing the thing. I think it kind of goes back to my self-identified demisexuality i only become sexually aroused in the process i can't just like look at something and become sexually aroused most of the time i will caveat that if i think about sucking your cock then usually like i get aroused pretty quickly Mm. and that's like a clear i know it's a clear indicator that i'm like oh yes Mm. you know that thought itself can turn me on which then i sometimes use then in situations where i'm not becoming you know that like I I need to like up my arousal level. I'll just, you know, have a quick, fancy little uh, fantasy about that to help Mm. bring me over the arousal edge. Mm. Anyway.
0: I I think it, yeah, I think everyone's different. For me, I I can get aroused very quickly. Mm. Certainly, I think a lot of men can relate to this. When you're younger, when you're a teenager, it's, it's really bad because you're just the slightest thing. Could <laughs> could get your aroused like the vibration in the car or right um, just just that's for no interesting reason, just for no reason yeah like I um, used to get just hard in school class no reason yeah, yeah. it was like totally thinking about something else I mean that's more just to do with teenage hormones right It would be a real nightmare trying to hide your erection I'm you, sure that's it's a lot up to of, the
1: front of the class. that's <laughs> a Basically. lot of stress yeah
0: but but um, as I have got older certainly. I think it takes me slightly longer to get aroused, but I can be walking down the street and see someone who I think is good looking and I can be turned off.
1: That's fascinating. Just. Instantly. That's not at all like me, but it's fascinating yeah. to know that that can happen. It's just
0: instantly. I'm like, I wonder what it would be like to have sex with them. And I'm aroused because I'm instantly thinking about it.
1: Right. Yeah. So for you, is it like once you start thinking about sex, then you become aroused. Like, is there a strong correlation with sex thoughts and arousal?
0: Yes. Or, or, yes, any any thing I find attractive. So if I see something, mm-hmm. see someone that I find attractive, or I see a painting of sex, or I see something, yeah. Okay. So it's, kind of, it's anything to do with sex makes me aroused. But then right. other times I might just start daydreaming. Less so now, but I'll, I might have little fantasies or flashbacks or re-remember mm-hmm. what we've done Um but yeah, it's it's quite easy, and I'm not talking about like full on hard on. But I'm just, I just,
1: you know that like it could, it could become a hard on yeah. like if it was just given a little love. It's Just
0: a, it's really difficult to describe. I don't think I think a lot, a lot of guys will know what I'm talking about. It's it's like a, it's it's like giving you a little life force boost.
1: <laughs> okay, it is. Yeah, I mean, I'm this... I'm picturing like a video game sort of scenario no, yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, it is. It yeah. is and it, an extra XP. It's not like
0: a massive, it, but. But it's not less, it, it's arousal but then it leads you into other things so I read a study where they got a they got a guy uh they said we're gonna do an experiment it's a it's an art experiment we need you to come in so the guy comes into a waiting room and the receptionist is a really attractive woman the guy doesn't know this is part of the study right uh it, so he sits down and he gets five minutes just in the waiting room right. The receptionist is really is chatting to him. And then uh, she's like, oh, okay, you know, the, we'll, we'll start the experiment now. Can you go into the other room? So the guy goes into the other room and then the experiment starts and the experiment is he has to draw – he has to paint a picture, right? And these aren't okay. artists, these are just general yeah, guys, yeah. right? And what they found – and then they had a – they did this with lots of people. They did it with another set of guys and this time um, the receptionist was not as attractive and didn't really interact with them at all. Okay. And then they went in to do the paintings. And what they found was that the, the guys who had interacted with the attractive woman – their paintings were much better on the whole, right? Because and this is where you get The idea of a muse—you you read yes. a lot of art. That yes. There's something about feminine feminine beauty that that captivates men and just makes them makes them just work harder, get them more creative. So that's what I mean by this little boost. I can yeah. see someone; it just makes my day better. It just—it's <laughs> <great>. not necessarily <laughs> arousal, and I don't I don't know if women realize they have this this that's a Such lot of an power. impact on mm. men. Um, obviously, you can take it too far if you're staring and leering and all that kind of yeah. stuff, which is, of, of course, not what I'm what I'm saying you should do. But there is this, there's this feminine life force which I think, for me, and I, am guessing for men, it just, I don't know. It's just yeah, yeah. I, can't I can see.
1: It. I mean, the moment you say the word muse, like I, I can, I understand what you're talking about. There's this sort of ideal aesthetic beauty that can like. It doesn't,
0: yeah, it can be physical beauty, but it can just be a good interaction with Yeah. With, with an, a, someone of the opposite sex can be, even if they're not that attractive, but you just like, they've got great personality. It can just lift you as a guy, mm-hmm. I think, maybe because we don't get as many social interactions or we don't get as many compliments. It's
1: obviously or... fulfilling something that yeah, then...
0: It makes us feel like we're attractive, which gives us then yeah. more confidence, which then is like, oh, I can do anything. Yeah, I can go and paint the world's best Aww, painting. Oh, that's that's
1: cute. I like I like that thought, but yeah. I also think that it's it can be quite useful then to you know get. I mean, I, I remember reading some article about how um, before you do work, you should basically kind of get yourself aroused, so like any sort of creative work that you do, it, it, include both like both sexes. Uh I don't remember the specifics of the article. I think it might be for both sexes mm. actually. Mm. But like before you do something creative in your professional setting, if you have a moment where you just think of something sexy, it'll give you that sort of confidence boost or that creativity boost that will like up your performance in that yeah genre it's related. Yeah.
0: Just uh and I think a lot of a lot of our our goal is to strive towards the end of something, getting a bit philosophical here, but mm-hmm. the the completion of something, sports, the winning, the completion, the ending, that's a very masculine drive. And so an orgasm is is one of those things, which is mm-hmm. why after you come, a man doesn't want to do anything. Yeah. We do, that's the only time where sex just completely goes out of my head. <laughs> I do the not moment. want to think about sex literally
1: yeah, a That's, second, a shame. A that's a shame. after I come,
0: mm. I'm like...
1: All what, right, what, Why am I here?
0: It's like I woken up from a daydream. I'm like, why am I here? What am I doing? Yeah. Why have we just had sex? I didn't really want it, but you did in that moment. You just it's,
1: now it's you just do Completely
0: shut off. Yeah. It's completely shut off.
1: Well, it satisfied the need. Yeah. You, yeah.
0: You've achieved your your desire of of completion.
1: Yeah. Which is, which is why do. it's
0: called the petit mort in French because it's yes. The little that's death. true. You're, you're, you've completed yeah. the the cycle. Yeah,
1: and yeah. and it's finished. I mean, I do feel like right after I've come well it depends but if i'm like playing with myself or something afterwards you know i'm i'm satisfied and i'm i'm either tired like i'm either going to fall asleep now which is quite useful when you're struggling to fall mm-hmm. asleep you know then i'm like okay a quick orgasm and then i can go to bed yes, that's
0: what I like at night.
1: yeah um but i do also like it as a way to start the day because i and i know that's that's different um from what we've you know that we've discussed before but i think it's it can be a good, just like it's a refresh. Mm-hmm. It's like a rebooting the computer, kind of. Yeah, you I, know. Do, I do think so. So then, like, I could, if I really want to, I could probably engage in more sexual play after orgasm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, that, but that gets. Quite fun and interesting. If then you can play on that as the dominant and like then we can start going into orgasm control mm-hmm. and edging, yeah. and that
0: yeah. you can Force take orgasm, that. Orgasms where it's almost getting yeah. the
1: painful yes. side of things. We've done that a couple of times where I actually can't even tell you that I ha- I am currently orgasming, and it is verging on the. This is quite torturous, but I actually really really like mm-hmm. it. It's that nice like satisfying sort of pain. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, we've gone off topic, but we have. I think should we? Though.
0: Um, so tally up our totals. That, yes, tally up the totals. Mine was so it's out of twenty. You should get a score out of twenty because each question is zero to four. I got four out of twenty.
1: So you um, have low sexual inhibitors, then? Yes, I was gonna. Or arousal inhibitors. Why don't you
0: say your score and then we'll I'll, I'll read out the kind of.
1: So with the, the half point that I gave, I'm going to give my total as a ten point five.
0: Ten point five. Okay, so this is this was just the SIS, so the inhibitors, the breaks. Low is between zero and six. And remember, this is just a quiz. This is five questions. You know how much can five questions really tell you about mm-hmm. something? But it's it's a starter for ten to get you thinking. So low SIS is zero to six. So that's me. I'll read out the descriptions of what it what it means in a bit. Uh, we've then got medium, which is seven to thirteen.
1: Which would be me, I'm a 10.5. Yeah,
0: and then you've got high, which is uh, 14 to 20. So let me read out. So low, this is what I am. It says, you're not so sensitive to all the reasons not to be sexually aroused. You tend not to worry about your own sexual functioning and body image issues. Don't interfere too much with your sexuality. When you're sexually engaged, your attention is not very distractible and you aren't inclined to describe yourself as sexually shy. Most circumstances can be sexual for you you may find that your main challenge around sexual functioning is holding yourself back, Mm. reining yourself in, uh, staying aware of potential consequences can help with this around. So this book is mainly written for women. um, So that's why it says around uh, 15% of women that the author asked were in, was in that range.
1: Okay. So not
0: too high. Uh, You were medium. So medium is you're right in the middle, along with more than half the women I've asked and, I've been the author. Uh, this means that whether your sexual breaks engage is largely dependent on context. Yes. Risky or novel situations such as a new partner might increase your concerns about your own sexual functioning, shyness or distractibility from sex. Contexts that are, e- that, uh, context that easily arouse you are likely to be low risk and more familiar. And anytime your stress levels, including anxiety, overwhelm and exhaustion escalate, your breaks will reduce your interest in and response to sexual signals
1: yeah i definitely see that
0: mm-hmm. i think in the book it does say that on the whole not mm-hmm. everyone but on average uh women tend to have more sensitive breaks than yeah. men on the whole on yeah. the whole it may not be the may not apply to you um so uh, so yeah so that's it you know and it, it's important to know that because uh, it's just important to know what your partner, how sensitive their brakes mm-hmm. are, because you don't want to get into a situation where you're like, oh, what? I don't understand what I'm doing all this, all this stuff. I'm doing all this stuff to yeah. you and you're not getting turned on. And that can,
1: you don't want to see yourself or your partner as being, you know, sexually broken with quotes. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it is, it's good to have this in mind that this is a complete and normal sort of response. Anything. I think whether low, medium or high, um, having these break inhibitors, I think is completely acceptable. And I Mm. think that's what is really nice about this questionnaire. It's just like getting us thinking about that there are breaks and some people have more, some people have less, but it's what can we then do to to deal with that
0: if you want if to. you want to if you want I- to because like you say there's nothing wrong with being in any of these categories there's yeah. nothing wrong with you only if you you wish and you're not getting what you if you, if you want to experience more arousal then you can start thinking about how do take off of the brakes
1: or amping up the accelerators, which is the next this section the that next we're going section, to get yeah. into? I'm just going to
0: read out the high SIS. Oh, yes. So, I didn't read this. This is for people in the, in the high range. Uh, you're pretty sensitive to all the reasons not to be sexually aroused. You need a setting of trust and relaxation in order to be aroused. And it's best if you don't feel rushed or pressured in any way. You might be easily distracted from sex. High SIS, uh, regardless of SES, which is the uh, accelerators. Was the most co- uh, strongly correlated factor with sexual problems. So mm-hmm. if this is you, pay close attention to the sexy context worksheet in the chapters that follow. You'll obviously have to get the book to to work through that. Um, uh, about a quarter of women, I've asked, fall into this range.
1: Wow, that's rather high.
0: It is high, but I think, again, I think that's why, it, I, I can't remember the exact stat, it's something like 70% of women don't orgasm with, mm. partner, with a partner, yeah. 70 or 80%. So yeah, if, if a quarter are falling into that range. Um, so yeah, there, there are exercises in this book. Uh, just to remind you, it's called Come As You Are. It's a great book, you can get it on wherever, but um, there are other exercises in this book which will help you lower that, should you wish, or release the brakes. So let's go back to the accelerators now. We've done the brakes. Um, there's another five questions here. I'm gonna rattle through them.
1: I think there are six. Oh, there's six
0: questions, you're right. You're absolutely right, there's six questions. So number one, often just how someone smells can be a turn on. We've already talked about my my smells with turn offs, mm-hmm. but in terms of a turn on, I I put a um, a one. You know, it's a it can be a bit of a turn on, but it's not like a super arousal.
1: I also put a one. Um, there are certain times where I don't think that it will be the only thing that turns me on. I think if you're wearing a nice cologne and Mm. we're out or something and I happen to get a whiff but there it's the whole it it adds to it Yeah. yeah
0: okay seeing my partner number two doing something that shows their talent or intelligence or watching them interacting well with others can make me very sexually aroused I put what did I put I put a two for this one which is uh somewhat like me yeah it's a turn on it's a turn on when you see other I guess other people – well, other people liking them, fancying them. Mm -hmm. um, But also when you just see them being amazing at stuff. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I
1: put it as a three, actually. I think it is very much like me, a lot like me. Mm. Um, It's just – it's sexy having – watching your partner, like, in their element. You know, like, for me, especially, I think it plays into the whole – I'm attracted to dominance. So when you're like slaying the business game or talking about some sort of interaction that you had where you're like on top of it, or like you just went to the gym and mm. you had a great session, like that gets, that gets me going. It's, it's, it's exciting. It's thrilling. I'm mm. like, oh yes, this person is.
0: It highlights the traits, the attractive traits. Yes. That, like the confidence. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Having sex in a different setting than usual is a real turn on for me. I put three. Yeah, I. So that's a lot like me. Yeah, I mean, just bedroom sex is good. It's great. It's great. Don't, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not saying it's not, but when you. The thrill of something new somewhere else, it's. I I like novelty. Novelty is the thing that turns me on. So that's why it's a three.
1: I also put a three. I enjoy bedroom sex very much, but I also enjoy sex in different locations and it's sometimes fun to imagine what sort of sex could happen in a certain location Mm. it's a late night night and we're at some overground stop and the train hasn't come yet and we're the only ones around i mean i know anyways that's getting into something else
0: train isn't the only thing that's going to be coming
1: (laughs) into the station
0: into the station Uh yes like it (laughs) like it uh number what are we on now number four i think number four when i think about someone i find sexually attractive or when i fantasize about sex i really become sexually aroused yeah it's exactly what i was saying earlier this for me is a three some a lot like me
1: i put this as a four Mm. yeah when i fantasize about sex especially things that I know that I like about sex, I will easily become sexually aroused. Mm. And that's also what I use to get myself aroused. It it can be the, the difference between like enjoying the situation and being really into the situation.
0: All right. Two more questions to go. Certain hormonal changes, e.g. my menstrual cycle, definitely increase my sexual arousal. Again, book written for women. I mean, men I think have do have go through cycles of testosterone. Yeah, technically. Um, yeah, I find if I go if I'm certain times when I'm going to the gym and I'm training, that obviously boosts testosterone, so I get more, more Yeah, morning. you've
1: told me that. Like after the yeah. gym, you're like, okay, I'm yeah, ready. Yeah, yeah.
0: Or as I said, after sex, when you get all the complete drop in hormones and yeah. you get all the, the oxytocin and stuff, that just completely shuts off my my arousal. So I put it to I put somewhat like me.
1: I put a four. I mean, this is, this is exactly, exactly like, like me. me. Yeah. I know there are times in my cycle, especially when I'm due on, that I am um, so horny. I have all the cravings: bread, chocolate, <laughs> sex. sex. Oh yeah, at the same time. <laughs> oh yeah, bread, chocolate, and sex. That is like the ideal trio uh, when yes, I am yes. when I'm on. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, and um, and. Um, also mid cycle right
1: mid cycle yeah but that one's much more subtle that i actually think there's more of an emotional component um mm-hmm. to to that if i'm mid cycle i think i don't know i'd have to perhaps start journaling my arousal levels i'd ha- i'd have to track it to to really know the difference but i think it's more situation based you know it's seeing the Seeing the dominance perhaps a bit more when I'm mid-cycle, but when I'm when I'm due on, it's like, oh yeah, it's just like the hot and ready sort really? of. Yeah, I have heard the physical. opposite.
0: I've heard the opposite because mm. mid-cycle is when you're most fertile, and therefore you want the you literally just want the sex and the dominance and to get pregnant with someone who's
1: super think, dominant. Uh, yeah. And then
0: when you're due on, it's more like you want the cuddles. And, and
1: maybe maybe there's also. A correlation with birth control. Mm -hmm. Um, and I actually, because I mean, I I am on birth control, and I think that probably, I mean, I know when I started birth control that it really messed with my hormones, and I it really unsettled me. It still kind of does. Yeah, it flattens.
0: It flattens those. I
1: mean, I'm that's. But what's interesting is the birth control I'm on. I mean, it's it's only progesterone. It's actually not estrogen. So it's. Um, and maybe that has some sort of effect on why I get so aroused when I'm due on I mean not aroused but like so easily excitable Mm -hmm. and I think also on top of that there's a layer of um, pain control if I have cramps I'm going to want to orgasm because orgasms are really effective pain relief they really really are Mm -hmm. and I've even as a teenager I would use that as a sort of, you know, you can take a paracetamol or you can have an orgasm. And sometimes the cramps are so bad that you need both. You know, you pop the pills and then you go and get ready.
0: I've heard sex feels different as well when you're... Because maybe the lining of the vagina is slightly thicker.
1: Mm -hmm. Or, well, I mean, that wouldn't be so much of the difference because it's the uterine lining that thickens. Mm. However, I think that the tissue in the vaginal canal can get more sensitive. swollen or more yeah. more sensitive. Yeah, yeah. I know breast sensitivity is a big thing. Normally my nipples, not at all sensitive, but when I am in the week before um, my cycle is due, then it's, you know, then I'm like, okay, they're, they're, they are
0: there. Um, final question. I get very turned on when someone wants me sexually. I put a four exactly like me. And I've I've had sex people that I didn't fancy just because they fancied me, and that turned me on.
1: Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you've still found it as satisfying as if...
0: I mean, obviously, it's not as satisfying as when I really fancied them as well. Okay, but still well. enjoyable. It's still enjoyable, yeah. And still, I mean, yeah. It's maybe that they weren't my type physically, but, or, or necessarily mentally, but that just the, the mere fact that they were sexually attracted to me... Was enough. Was enough to get me aroused. And that probably says something about me and wanting validation. But um, yeah, probably, probably something like that. It's nice to be wanted. And that is a turn on.
1: Yeah, I put this as a two, somewhat like me. I'm a bit more nuanced. I also think this question a bit tricky to answer in the first place, because for someone to want me sexually, like that goes into my whole opinion view of myself and my like self-worth and my desirability mm-hmm. if I'm not finding myself desirable then I find it difficult to think that other people would find me desirable so I think that kind of like plays into more as an inhibitor actually so like that's why it's only a somewhat like me I um, this is if they find you I someone, know regardless I know. of how you think about it I know but I I think that they could be lying or like yeah. I don't have that sort of like context It's not like I've had lots of people tell me, no, no, it's, I, I've not had the experience where many people have told me that they are attracted to me. And I think that's part of my own self-esteem issues. Um, but it is very flattering if someone does want me sexually and that definitely does increase my arousal levels. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, I really appreciate it. It's just, I, I question how often it happens.
0: All right, so those were the the six questions for SES, which um, are these sexual, uh, exciters, the sexual exciters, the accelerators. And if you add up your scores, you'll get a score out of 24. I got 15.
1: 15? Yeah. That's, okay. what, you, yeah. that's what
0: you've written down earlier. Yeah.
1: And you got and 17. I got right? 17.
0: You got 17. So let me read them out. So low SES is between 0 and 7. Medium is between eight and fifteen, so I'm right on the cusp of medium. I'm basically in the medium, medium to high, and you are you're in the, the bottom of the high range, which is sixteen to twenty four. So let me read these out quickly. Uh, Low, you're not so sensitive to sexually relevant stimuli and need to make a more deliberate effort to tune your attention in that direction. Novel situations are less likely than familiar ones to be sexy to you. Your sexual functioning will benefit from increased stimulation uh, and daily practice of paying attention to sensations. Lower SES is also associated with asexuality. So if you're very low SES... You might resonate with uh, some components of the asexual identity. The women I ask are probably higher SES than the overall population. They're interested enough interested enough in sex to take a class, attend a workshop, or read a sex blog, but still, about eight percent of these women fall into this range.
1: Hmm. That's true. It's important to understand that the data, of course, in any of these sorts of questionnaires that happen about sexuality are obviously with some sort of bias of who yeah. does the question. The author works
0: with those types yes. of people who, yeah. who, who are trying to understand the sexuality, why they may not yeah. to get aroused. So it makes sense that she talks to more people in the low range. Medium. Uh, you're right in the middle. So this is 8 to 15 as a reminder. You're right in the middle. So uh, whether you're sensitive to sexual stimuli probably depends on the context. In situations of high romance or eroticism, you tune in readily to sexual stimuli in situations of low romance or eroticism. It may be pretty challenging to move your attention to sexual things. Recognise the role that context plays in your arousal and pleasure and take steps to increase the sexiness of your life's contexts. 70% of the women I've asked fall into this range. So I, I'm in that range. I'm right at the top end of it, uh, which feels about right. I think if I did this quiz when I was in my... I'm 39 now, so if I did it when I was in my late 20s, early 30s, I would Mm -hmm. be in in the high, but uh, yeah. And the high, which you are in, you're pretty sensitive to sexually relevant stimuli, maybe even to things most of us aren't generally sensitive to, like smell and taste. A fairly wide range of contexts can be sexually. Sexual for you and novelty may be really exciting. You may like having sex as a way to de-stress. Mm-hmm. Higher SES is correlated with greater risks for sexual compulsivity. So you may want to pay attention to the ways you manage stress. Oh do Make sure you create lots of time and space for your partner because you're sensitive, you can derive intense satisfaction from your partner's pleasure. Yeah. So okay. you both benefit. About sixteen percent of the women I ask fall into this group.
1: So that's what we talked about then. I derive so much of my pleasure from my partner, and Mm. so it ups my Mm. sexual excitability. But then if you take that into consideration, I also have higher inhibitors as well. So I'm high on both ends. I mean, not extremely high on the inhibitors, but I mean, 10.5 out of 20, that is still, you know, I think that's showing that there are more breaks, Mm -hmm. even though I have a high um, excitement factor.
0: Yeah, I, I think for most people, it's going to be the brakes that are generally the things that are causing issues and mm-hmm. stopping you being turned on rather than the accelerators. I think her work mainly focuses on the brakes and yeah. removing the brakes rather than finding ways to to accelerate you. Because I think most people know how to... They know what turns them on. We've talked about it before. I have a sex menu on my website at kinkyevents.co.uk. You can go and download a sex menu, which will literally give you 350 things which are could be accelerators to you and you... You can mark them and say yes, this is a real turn on for me. So once you know the accelerators, and you again you probably do because it's related to what you fantasize about, the porn you mm-hmm. watch, the images you look at, what you like. Uh, you then just got to deal with the brakes. How do we create an environment where we where we get rid of as many of the brakes as possible?
1: Yeah, I think as it doesn't matter how much you're revving the engine if your brake is on, you're not going to go anywhere. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know if that analogy makes sense. I don't drive, but I I assume that's how it works.
0: Yes, it, well, exactly. That's why, she, yeah, she has this analogy. Does she? Yeah, yeah, okay. and especially if you've got the handbrake on. So the handbrake, she does talk about two different types of brakes. So she says um, there are there are two types of brakes. Um, you have the foot brake equivalent in the car, which is just uh, scanning. It says scanning your environment, basically, for any reason to not become aroused right now. Risk of SDIs, unwanted pregnancy, social social consequences, that kind of stuff is like a, hey, this probably isn't a good time. Um, You know, potential threats in the environment, what you can see, what you can hear, what you can suppose. So things that are happening right now. Yeah. That's like the handbrake. The social constructs around sex. But the second break... Is almost like the handbrake. It's like the chronic low-level mm-hmm. no thank you signal. Right. Um, so she says, if you try to drive with the handbrake on, you might be able to get where you want to go, but it'll take longer and use a lot more gas. Uh, where the footbrake is associated, where the footbrake is associated with fear of performance consequences, the handbrake is associated with fear of performance failure, like worry about not having an orgasm. Mm. So that's interesting. So that's the, interesting. So there's two types of rates. One which is about fear of consequences and one which is fear of performance. Okay. So yeah, so this slight difficulty. So you're right. The um, performance consequences is like, if I do this thing, will I be shamed for it? Mm-hmm. Will I get an STI? Will I become pregnant? That's one of the breaks. And the other one is fear of performance. I won't be good enough. Yeah. Uh, that okay. kind of stuff. Yeah. But... You know, we are, I'm massively paraphrasing this. Do, do go and and buy the book. It is a really great book and um, has so much more in it in here. It's uh, Come As You Are by Emily Nagoski. I hope I pronounced that right. N-A-G-O-S-K-I, Emily Nagoski. And you can find it in all good bookshops.
1: I think this was very illuminating. And I think it's quite useful to do with your partner whatever sort of relationship you have it's really good to be aware of your own sexual inhibitors and sexual exciters but also to have an awareness of your partners because then you can be more sensitive about mm-hmm. what could be turn them on turn them off and um if that is even something that you want to work through yeah mm.
0: And help them overcome the breaks. Mm-hmm. I, I talk about it in my book, Sensational Scenes. A lot of... When you're a dom interacting with a sub, a lot of what how I see my role is giving the sub the best sexual experience she can have. And therefore, it's not just about using a vibrator on her mm-hmm. or spanking her. Those are all accelerators. And she likes them and consented to them, of course. But if you are just focused on technique and you haven't taken into account the context of the situation, is she comfortable? Does she trust you? Um, Is she tired? Are there other things going on in her head which are acting as breaks, he or she, because obviously the sub could be a, a guy as well. But as the dom, I believe in my style of dominance, which is more romantic and caregiving. I am responsible for the accelerators and alleviating the brakes. Mm. And I think a Mm. lot of guys or girls or doms miss the part about alleviating brakes because they just don't think about it. So we'll leave you with a question. What are you doing to help alleviate your partner's brakes? Because if you get that right, you'll have some amazing sexy times. So, thank you very much, Wano, for joining me and doing the quiz with me and the, the open discussion. Listeners, we hope you have found this useful. Do follow us on your favourite podcasting channel so that you'll be notified about any new episodes, and we'll speak to you again very shortly. See you. Bye.
1: You're listening to Chief from Kinkyevents.co.uk, helping you create the DOM sub dynamic you've always fantasized about.